Welcome to the Cinderella podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. I'm Talon. And today we watched The Good Shepherdess and the Evil Princess, made in 1908. And we're going to go ahead and call it The Evil Princess Cinderella on account of how there's an evil princess. She's very angry. In my notes, I mostly have her as cue for queen because she reminded me of the queen of hearts. I have the queen of hearts too. I have her just as EP in my notes, <laughs> which is very confusing, but yes. But the title does specify that she's an evil princess, not an evil queen, but her son is the love interest, presumably. Yes. According to summaries we found online, it is not clear. It is not clear. So this is a silent film. This is our second venture into Georges Méliès' work, although this is likely made by an associate or just his studio and not actually the legend himself. It was, it was real bonkers. It took some, some hard left turns that we weren't really anticipating. So the first time we watched it, we just agreed we weren't going to take notes and we were just going to experience it. Mm-hmm. And so that we watched at regular speed. We could not find a version that had any sort of sound, like no music, nothing. So we just narrated what we perceived to be happening to each other. Which was a lot of fun. I recommend it. That was a huge. <laughs> we, we averaged out mostly correct, but there were some wrong guesses. Mm-hmm. And then the second time we watched it at half speed and studiously took notes. So now we present to you the fruits of our labor. Indeed. I would just like to point out that this video on YouTube now has 281 views and three likes. <laughs> I don't know why those numbers make me happy, but they do. So we start with a beautiful painted backdrop. It's very pastoral. And there's like goats or sheep or something hanging out and a shepherdess in a really cute hat doing a thing that I just realized. I don't know what it's called when you have wool, maybe. And you make it into like string. Is it string? It's not. It's not string. Um, it's okay. You're doing good. Okay. I also don't know what she's doing because she doesn't have a spindle. She's not actually spinning. It's not even a drop spindle. She's just got a big, tall stick with a bunch of wool at the top of it. It looks like cotton candy. It does. She's got a big cotton candy stick of wool, essentially. And like a bobbin or something maybe it's just a, just a big stick with wool on top of it guys so for the purposes of this podcast we're just going to tell you who the people are and what's happening but bear in mind this information was gleaned over two viewings and studious discussion so and also like we cheated like we read online what was supposed to happen before we watched it and then again also after we watched it and we're still not 100% sure. So Yeah, we, we have questions about who or where the prince is. Yeah. So this shepherdess who is holding this big cotton candy stick of wool, this will be our Cinderella. And we will just be referring to her as Cinderella in our notes. Oh, would you describe her? Yes. She's really pretty. She's got a cute little hat and dark hair that's in sort of curls when we first see her. And just sort of traditional gibson girl peasant gear so just like a bodice and a just like a bodice and an underdress with puffy sleeves and a dark skirt and a little white apron over it and a little cloak that goes around her shoulders okay and the skirt is very full like a big 50s skirt mm-hmm. but it ends like at a very silly length it's like mid calf yeah so you see like her ankles in her little shoes it's very cute it's a very sweet outfit i enjoyed it So a maid or possibly another servant of some kind comes up to greet Cinderella as she sits on her stool. Cinderella greets her cheerfully and then they point off screen and more villagers show up and Cinderella greets them all happily. A whole cheerful gathering is there and they start to play blind man's bluff. So they wrap a little scarf over one of the dude's eyes and they just have a little game and they're just having a good time. Until somebody in a fancy coat and a white wig shows up and appears to scold them. So the internet tells us that the prince is among those playing the game. 
we could not discern even after like knowing that and multiple viewings we could not discern which one he was supposed to be because they all had mustaches and the person we decided was the prince at the very end did not have a mustache yeah so i i don't actually think that the prince is in this gathering i think that the servant has been this is a servant of the evil princess and I believe that he has been tasked with making sure that nobody has any fun. Oh. And so he sees them having fun. This is just my theory. I have nothing to back this up. Mm-hmm. And he brings in from off screen the evil princess, who is a much older woman. She is very stout, and she just looks like the queen of hearts. She is wearing a very weird outfit, by the way. She's not wearing normal turn-of-the-century 1900 outfits. She's wearing, like, 14th-century evil Eleanor of Aquitaine fur outfits with lion prints on them. It's very evil Eleanor of Aquitaine. Okay. Her skirt is also incredibly bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. It looks very patchworky, which kind of fed into the Queen of Hearts motif because mm-hmm. it looked like a checkerboard to me. Yeah. But it will also accept like a quilt of evil. It was lion standards. So it was sort of like the symbol that people would wear on shields. Uh-huh. It just repeated on her skirt in like a white on black and then black on white style. So it was heraldic. Okay. Which is why I was like, why, why is she coming back from the Crusades? What, <laughs> what's happening? Anyways, she shows up and she yells at this crowd of young people having fun. And Cinderella runs back to her stool and tries to sort of hide her face. But the evil princess storms after her and hauls her up by her arm and tears her cloak off and starts to rip it and just begins to slap Cinderella all around the head. Mm-hmm. The mean servant is there and he's just egging her on from the corner. And then the evil princess throws our Cinderella to the ground and Cinderella is making big sobbing gestures with her hands and raising her hands towards the servant as though she's begging for help. And then two other servants in fancy clothes show up to get big sticks and then to beat Cinderella with giant sticks for like a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I genuinely thought they were coming to help nope. because they were like kneeling down. No, they were kneeling down to pick up sticks. To hit her with. Yeah. But the villagers show up. The villagers mm-hmm. show up with literal pitchforks and stop this beating and run off the evil princess. They literally drag her off. Mm-hmm. which up until this point, the evil princess had her arms crossed over her chest and was making sort of, ah, yes, yes, lovely. Everything is going as I want it to go face. But they literally grab her arms and just drag her off the screen. And then a villager holding a pitchfork sort of jauntily butt kicks the servant all the way off the screen, like prancing, kicks him in the butt with every step. It was phenomenal. It was great. I wish that that scene just went on longer. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yes. I wish it was flipped proportionally in terms of how much we saw Cinderella get hit versus how much we saw other people get hit. I'd like to flip those. Yes, but it was really nice. I liked it that there was immediate support for Cinderella mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in her need and that it was understood that this was a bad thing for someone to do to her and that someone stopped it. Yes. Just, I realize it's a low bar. But here we are. You know, seen worse. Sure have. So that scene ends, and next we have an interior shot. It's a kitchen, mm-hmm. but it's mostly painted background with some three-dimensional aspects. And the main parts of the room are that there's a big staircase going to a second floor, and there's a big fireplace that does look like dimensional, like mm-hmm. there's stuff on it, but there's not a fire going. So Cinderella's crying and she's walking around and more crying and she's got her head in her hands. Then she sits down and continues to cry. She cries a whole bunch. Just she's despondent. She's very, very sad. And then two maidservants show up, possibly the two from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And they try to console her and they kind of get her to stand up. 
they look like they're leaning in to hug her, but she keeps pushing them away and she gets more and more agitated and starts flinging her arms out and kind of pushes them away, throws herself down back in her chair and goes back to crying. And they sort of linger, but then they kind of shrug and walk away with like one last look towards her. Mm-hmm. And then my notes say more crying, excessive crying. Indeed. Then from off screen, a hand appears. <laughs> Kind of like a creepity Scooby-Doo kind of hand. And a beggar man walks in on very shaky legs, leaning on a walking stick. This is a younger man pretending to be an older man for comedy. And it's very exaggerated, mm-hmm. shaky leg movement. Yep. Liv, how would you describe his outfit situation? And like the key components thereof? Well... Everything is very baggity. He's got a big floppy hat and a big floppy kind of poncho and pants that are a reasonable tightness. But he also has a very large satchel, which is concealed by his cloak and hangs just below hip height that he puts a lot of things into and reaches into very deeply to take things out of. It's very close to his crush region. It's deeply unfortunate. There's just too many things happening in that area, and I didn't like it. Agreed. We had a lot of questions the first two times we watched this, and we had to go back and watch that scene a third time to just verify that there was indeed a bag there, 100%. Like a very saggy fanny pack Mm -hmm. between his legs. Yeah. So he comes into her house, just totally unbidden, and holds out his hat, and he is patting his heart and patting his stomach and touching his mouth and sort of gesturing at his clothes she sort of apologetically lets it be known that she cannot assist him and he sort of oh sad starts hobbling to leave but then she remembers that she does indeed have clothes upstairs for him nail clothes so he hobbles back to the middle of the screen and she goes upstairs and brings down this shirt and pants combo that were hanging on the staircase they were literally right there And he thanks her for this, and she helps him get into it by just sort of putting it over his other raggy clothes. I don't think she even helps him get into it. I think she just demonstrates what it is one piece at a time and then lays it out on his arm. Okay. And he just makes a lot of happy nodding gestures at her. Mm -hmm. She goes over to the pantry and she gets a little satchel of food and gives it to him, putting it well and thoroughly into his satchel at crotch height underneath his cloak and he kneels and he kisses the hem of her apron and then he kisses her hand and then he points up and then he hails caesar (laughs) and then he hobbles out and cinderella goes back to crying and she stands and stomps around and then she adds something to a pot that's in the fireplace and then we're at the palace Mm -hmm. we sure are that's the end of that scene i think that what's happening in the beggar scene is that he is calling down the blessings of the gods upon her I think that's what's happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Okay. Yeah, what What else could it be? <laughs> Just hailing Caesar. Crazy person walks into her house and is like, I need clothes and food. Hail Caesar. And leaves. Like, I've seen weirder things. So next we're at the palace. And we're in some sort of fancy bedroom, I believe. Mm-hmm. There's a table in the foreground. And there's a seamstress sewing what looks like a very fancy dress at one end of the table and then behind the table there's some sort of chase or bed or sofa situation with a pointed canopy of curtains right above it so it's very symmetrical and very pretty i think it's a bed i think the the maids are making the bed oh okay i thought they were just fluffing pillows they i mean they could be i I think they're making the bed Okay, well, I, I don't want to have an argument about this. This looks like it could get really contentious. <laughs> so there's two maids, and they're the servant girls from before, presumably, and they're just doing something. So the evil princess walks into the room and is immediately just angry. She grabs one of the maids and just shoves her and starts slapping her. Mm-hmm. And then as she runs the first one out, She turns around and starts going for the second one who like backs away from her Mm -hmm. and she makes like come to me motions with her hand and also grabs her more slapping. The second maid also runs out. 
the seamstress, by the way, has not even looked up. Hasn't dropped a single stitch. Just completely nonplussed. This must be a very regular occurrence here. Indeed. Unfortunately. The evil princess crosses her arms and pouts and seems generally dissatisfied until she turns her eye to the seamstress and walks over to where she's working and slaps at the fabric she's working at. And the seamstress gets up and you think like, oh, she's going to stand up to her. But no, as she starts to walk away, the evil princess like grabs her and also smacks her and then also kind of walks her out. Okay, but like the maids respond to this in a very sort of hands thrown up, cowering demeanor. The seamstress responds the way you respond to a small toddler having a slappy fight, you know, at your ankles. Like, okay, all right. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I, maybe she could also be just like stoically enduring pain. Or that. It was just bizarre. She responds to being physically abused differently than everybody else. Yes. Everybody else. Everybody else. Then we have a servant guy. I do not believe that this is the evil servant guy. No. I don't think so. Because she's mean to him. Mm-hmm. So he has like a scroll and he's trying to get the evil princess's attention. And she hits the scroll right out of his hands and is yelling at him. And she's crossing your arm and she's pushing him away. And then the servant, another servant guy, also, I think a nice servant guy, not a mean servant guy comes in. And he's got like a tray with something on it. And she does the same thing. A cook guy comes in and he's got a pot in his hands and she smacks it out of his hands and she pushes them all out. And she just has a full-blown tantrum Mm -hmm. storming around the room, just throwing things. So she throws a potted plant. Mm -hmm. She throws down some papers. She goes to like the mantle and throws down possibly a vase and then possibly a clock. And then she finally sits down in a chair in the corner and just continues having a tantrum, slapping her own knees with like fisted hands. It was phenomenal. It was great. I like that she's not happy being angry. Yes. I like that it doesn't satisfy her and she's still upset and she's taking it out on other people and it brings her zero joy. 100% agree with that statement. So we go back to our interior shot of Cinderella's house now. And Cinderella is dusting the walls. And then she just sort of examines a little cup. And then she picks up a piece of fabric and inspects it minutely. And then begins to pretend sewing. And then from the fireplace, as we expect, a fairy (laughs) appears. It's great. She looks incredible. She does. She looks like Athena again. She's got a breastplate. And she has a crown that's very spiky. I got very original White Witch of Narnia crowns. Just very spiky. Not evil, but just spiky. I got strong, like, Valkyrie vibes from her. Mm -hmm. Yes. Cinderella is very startled by this. And the fairy godmother does the hand gestures that convey to us, the audience, that she is communicating. You have a good heart. You helped the old man. I'm here to help you. She kind of makes a gesture that she's, like, going to dry her tears. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. And she takes Cinderella by the hand and leads her around the room to the left of the screen. And then a giant coach appears, pulled by swans. The coach and the swans are mostly two-dimensional painted props. Yes. Just a heads up. I have, this is very nicely drawn on cardboard. Yes. <laughs> and the coach part does have a chair on it and a canopy over it. And Cinderella sits in it very happily and it very slowly draws her off screen. And now we're outside, which means, again, we've had a full-on carriage just leave from an interior room. <laughs> this time drawn by swans, which makes it better worse, I guess. We've seen swans before. We have. Just one more and it's going in the spreadsheet. One more. So we're outside now. and. There's ballerinas. This is the ballet part of this movie. The ballet part of this movie is the rest of this movie, by the way. It's the middle third of this movie. Okay, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So there are six ballerinas dressed in very traditional white ballerina gear. It's not the full-on tutus, but it's, it's very floofy dresses. And there is a statue behind them on sort of a raised terrace. And it will turn out that she's not actually a statue. She moves, but she's dressed real weirdly. She's got sort of a breastplate on again. 
but it's so hard to see what she's wearing that it just sort of looks like she's a naked statue. Yeah. Okay. I was confused. No, that was, that was my impression as well. Okay. The statue is not important, by the way. She doesn't like do anything. She doesn't come to life dramatically. She just doesn't move for a very long time. And then she moves a little and then that's it. Yeah. So the fairy godmother leads Cinderella into the middle of these six ballerinas who ballerina very badly around her. They don't do a great job. They all kind of flutter around her and pay attention to her and twirl for her and kind of reach out their hands to her. Like, that sounds like the worst thing that could ever happen to me. But Cinderella seems to be really enjoying it and really like liking the attention and just being delighted by them and they're delighted by her. There's a lot of like mutual admiration happening between Cinderella and the ballerinas. I wonder if they've never seen the shepherdess before. I have no idea. Maybe. They just seemed very delighted. They did. They do finish their dance, though. And we thought we were done with the ballet because the fairy godmother takes Cinderella and leads her up the garden stairs and clears the foreground magically. But we're not done. The ballerinas come back and they have garlands of flowers in their hand. They're like these floral hoop arch things that they're holding. They look like most of a hula hoop. My note just says, more wreath bouncy bounce. Mm. They're very badly out of time with each other, by the way. They are not moving well together. No. As a group. They kind of dance in a straight line, but like not in sync. Uh, an extra ballerina shows up now and she proceeds to do sort of the aria of this ballet. And her legs are not straight at all. She does not do anything with straight legs and it bothered me so much more than it should have. Yeah, so I was wondering if she was meant to be like a quote-unquote bad dancer because she does everything like on flat feet and with bent legs, mm-hmm. which you can do on purpose, but usually you don't in ballet. Yeah. So to do that is such a conscious choice. Like you can't do that accidentally. Unless you're really, really bad at ballet. I, believe, I firmly believe that if I attempted to dance ballet, that is what it would look like right now. I firmly believe that because I don't have a lot of flexibility. And if I was told you need to raise your leg this high, I'd be like, cool, well, I guess I'll just bend my knee no, then. No, you just wouldn't raise your leg very high. I, they're also wearing point shoes on grass, which they sure are. was real confusing because I don't pretend to be a ballerina, but I do happen to see a lot of them at the dance studio where I go every week. And um, they don't dance on grass. I don't even know what that would do with like, the way pressure is dispersed through point shoes, that just makes me very concerned. I don't think you should do that. I don't think they really do anything in point, though, to be honest. I did not see them doing anything in point. No, not like a lot. Yeah, so I'm, I'm much less concerned about them. If someone had done a whole thing in point, I would have been more concerned. By the way, just a little statue lady update for all of you. Still there, still not moving dead center looking straight at us my note goes who is in the back is it not a statue is it pygmalion wtf is she naked i could not focus on anything else she was so distracting because of the way that the light was casting shadows on her face she also appeared to have a mustache and her shoulders were very strong and i was like is that the prince and he just has long hair and like Uh, the breastplate on his outfit is just catching the light weird for me like what no is that who is that it's no one she's no one but more people come in now servants two couples just also come out to this grassy area and have a little step kick step kick bow hands around pull through dance with one another as Cinderella admires them and it looks like a fun dance I think that this might be the two maid friends and the two servant guys that the evil princess is mean to sure maybe there is no reason that that can't be the answer right yes my notes go into all caps Pygmalion is moving definitely not fairy godmother because for a second I thought I had gone insane and I was like maybe it's the fairy godmother just standing back there dramatically posing because she's wearing the same sort of breastplate But no, it's not her. Nope. 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 Occasionally my notes will just say, statue lady's still there. (laughs) (laughs) It was real distracting, guys. It was more distracting than I expected it to be. Anyways, the fairy godmother takes Cinderella back up this little staircase thing 
to Pygmalion, who has raised her arms now. And now there's a pond where there was not a pond before. And people come out of the pond. It's more ballerinas in old-timey bras with flowers in their hair and skirts made out of tulle that have slits so their legs can come out and be seen. And it looks very watery and nymph-like. And I loved it. I loved it. I love it when people in the late 1800s decided that they were going to dress up as nymphs and mermaids because it's so cute. Oh, yeah. No, always a hit. It's so cute every single time. Just you cannot go wrong. It's the best. I think that it wasn't flowers in their hair. I think it was seaweed. Sure. And I wrote them down as swamp nymphs, <laughs> swamp which nymphs. is hard to say. Oh, my God. That is my new goal. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, God. That's my new goal. I, I go. now aspire to be a swamp nymph. I no longer want to be a bog witch. I've changed my mind. I like this for you. I feel like there's a very musical quality to it that, like, is very right. Yeah. I'm, I'm changing my goals officially, guys. No more bog witch. I'm a swamp nymph now, and I will figure out how to say that. I will practice saying that so that it flows better off the tongue. Swamp nymph, swamp nymph, swamp <laughs> I'm not cutting that. <laughs> okay. So there's some more dancing and then all the ballerinas are back and they all pose together with their hands raised and clasped together. And then they're gone now. And there's a big scallopy shell thing where the pond used to be. And there are people pretending to be statues all around it. Badly. And then all the dancers are back. There's also two fountains just spewing water out of their mouths because they're people heads. Those are people. Those are people standing really still as like water gets poured from behind them. It was bananas. I think George Melier or whoever created this in his studio just had a lot of very bizarre images that they wanted to share with us. And then they just put them in whatever movie they were working on at the time, which happened to be this. Indeed. But now we're in a very important moment, guys. We officially see the prince for the first time. Unless we've seen him before. <laughs> I swear to God, he was not in the beginning. The, the Wikipedia for this tells us that this movie is incomplete and that this is a partial version of it. We do get a fairly complete story. And given how abruptly the 1899 one ended, I... I couldn't tell you if this is supposed to end this abruptly or not. So I don't think we've seen the prince before now. I mean, that's not ending abruptly. That's beginning abruptly, if anything. All right. Anyways. So he's wearing a very fancy long coat with big pockets. It's a very fancy piratey kind of coat. And he has brown hair. It's kind of poodly looking. He looks a little bit like a young Stephen Fry. (laughs) Okay. He does. And he has servants bring her fancy clothes. I love it. Although I'm pretty sure that the two servants who bring her fancy clothes are the two servants who were beating her in the beginning. (gasps) Do you think so? We only see two servants in the very shiny white coats that are sort of short. Uh Uh-huh. And those are two short people in shiny white coats with white wigs. So. Oh, I hate this. This is the thing I hate the most. No, thank you. I think those are the same ones. I can't prove it, but I think they are. Between frames, she is now wearing the dress. I'm not a big fan of it. It's very heavy fabric, and it just, it's not held up very well by petticoats. So it looks sort of slumpy and saggy. It looks like she's wearing drapes. I I didn't like it very much. Proportionally, I thought that her shepherdess outfit was much more flattering. Agreed. And just like in general, like cuter, had more details, and was just more fun. Mm -hmm. This one looked very dowdy to me. Yes, absolutely. She looked like a dowager queen. She did. But the evil princess shows up now, just has stormed into this picnic. Yeah. She points at the prince and then she lunges for Cinderella. But the prince steps in between them and clearly indicates with strongly pointed fingers that she should leave. And then they get in a slap fight. (laughs) He does a lot of like very good standing up to her with his shoulders thrown back and just not backing down at all and just being very firm with his bananas mother. It's wonderful. And then she's sort of starting to get the best of him, but our ballerinas show up, the ones with the garlands of flowers. Mm -hmm. And they rush between them and drive the evil princess away with the power of ballerinas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
And the prince sort of comforts Cinderella, who he has kept safe throughout this whole encounter. And the dancers gather and they pose together and then the servants gather behind them and they pose together and we just get a, a pose and the prince just has his arm around Cinderella's waist and is holding her hand and she's in a fancy dress that I think is ugly. But he's just sort of paying attention to her and I, I loved it. I thought it was lovely. So it was one of those things that I actually really, really like in old movies where it's like a tableau mm-hmm. where they just arrange themselves into like basically a still image, but it's like very intricate. And there's some guys in the background who lift their hats and wave them around. So I think maybe people are cheering in this scene. Yeah. So possibly this is marriage. Unclear. This does seem like it would be a good ending place for the story because the evil princess has been driven off. The prince and Cinderella appear to be together in a meaningful capacity. But that would leave us without a comeuppance, dear audience. And Talon and I, we really like comeuppances. So. We do. And now our comeuppance cup overfloweth. Very much. It very badly overfloweth. You talk about it. (laughs) Okay. So next we are back (laughs) in the evil princess's bedroom. She's upset. She's got one hand clenched in a fist and the other one has like grabbed her cape and like angrily wrapped it around herself. Mm -hmm. And then she's just like, approached by various servants and maids who all have things in their hands once more and she flips them out of their hands and she seems briefly happier but then just angry again Mm -hmm. this happens multiple times and eventually the evil princess throws herself in a chair and suddenly the fairy godmother appears and it's very beautiful because she's standing straight in the middle of the shot Mm-hmm. on top of the beds, right underneath the canopy. So she's perfectly framed by the canopy. It's a beautiful visual. I really liked it. Yeah, it was excellent. So she very majestically like goes down the steps and does a lot of declarative pointing and throwing her hand behind her and kind of making like a no more gesture. Yes. I have that the fairy godmother points her finger at the evil princess lays her hand on her own heart, and then does a very vehemently negative no hand gesture. (laughs) And then things begin to happen. They sure do. The canopy collapses in on itself and the walls begin to shake. Mm -hmm. So the back wall stays still, but the two walls on the right and the left start collapsing in and moving from side to side. It's not just a shaky camera. Like it's a very, very well done effect. Yeah, the set itself is moving. Yeah. And the, the fairy godmother the whole time is just standing in the center of the room with her arms thrown up in the air in like a V. Yeah. It's very X-Man mm-hmm. where she's like causing this to happen around her. Yes. And then like literally everything collapses in around us and dust billows. And when the dust clears, we've transitioned to ruins. Also, very cool effect. I have building explodes which is now the third time a building has exploded, goes on the spreadsheet. Wow. Did it, everyone. It did. (laughs) Building explosions is officially a Cinderella thing. So we are now outside with like a crumbling castle behind us and a very conspicuous well on screen. Yep. The evil princess runs around kind of upset and then kind of begs the fairy godmother who disappears mid-beg. Mm-hmm. So the evil princess paces for a while and runs back and forth. And then an evil paper monster appears. So she's on the left side of the screen and just horizontally an alligator sturgeon fish monster combo Mm -hmm. kind of slides horizontally into the screen. And it has some articulation, which is very cool. So it's opening and closing its mouth and its tail is curly and moving. Mm Mm-hmm. It kind of menaces the evil princess for a while, who's very scared of it. And then it just sort of slides backwards off screen again, still chomping at her. Yes. Incredible. Just perfection. So she appears to run after this thing, to to follow it somewhat. I have that she appears to be thinking very hard, at which point she turns around and notices that there is a big hole in one of the walls. And she goes over to it, presumably to escape out of this evidently crocodile-infested courtyard. But 
four men in black appear over the top of the wall, and a giant dragon puppet head appears through the hole, like a Chinese dragon head. And it's a big puppet. It's not paper. It's like a big puppet. And it opens its mouth at her a bunch. And I have acrobats in black, acrobat menacingly. Yeah, they're wearing leotards. And they're kind of crouching and skittering on the castle ruins. Yeah. And it's not clear what they're doing. And Liv very hopefully posited that maybe they were puppeteers and we weren't supposed to be looking at them at all. But then the dragon head puppet withdrew and they stayed on the screen, you guys. Yeah. I was hoping that those were puppeteers and I was wrong. And just as we're about to get over whatever the heck that was, something else happens. How, how would you characterize what happens? I have all caps. Giant pirate head covered with barnacles and warts appears. And there's a terrifying clown head in the hole. And the pirate head retreats. Clown head is replaced by menacing acrobats. Oh good, the pirate is back. Menacing acrobats cartwheel out of his mouth. Um, you don't cartwheel, Liv. They're clearly somersaulting. You know what? I meant somersault and that word vanished from my head, which is good because I also didn't spell cartwheel correctly. <laughs> yeah, so a giant, like, it fills up the entire screen. Paper profile? Yeah. Of what can only be described as like a very grisly pirate. Yeah. Like he's got the big golden earring. He's got a weird hat. He's got literal barnacles on his nose. This looks like a man who's one with the sea. Yeah. His eyes are very disturbing. He's missing some teeth. His jaw opens and closes very upsettingly. It, it looks almost like a the thing at the beginning of Monty Python. Yeah. The paper puppets. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of looks like that. And at the same time as the pirate head is inching its way onto the screen, in the hole in the wall that the evil princess had just been about to go into, just the face of a clown appears. And it's one of those sad French clowns that people collect. Mm-hmm. People like me. This was sort of the height of, we haven't figured out how to make clowns not terrifying, so the clowns are all terrifying. It's like a weird, sad clown. Mm-hmm. I don't have a fear of clowns. I'm fine with clowns. That was a disturbing looking clown. Yeah. Like, disturbing. I was real happy when it stopped being on the screen. The black leotard guys, after the clown disappears, do like a spooky appearance with menacing jazz hands in the opening in the wall. And then the pirate comes back and the guys disappear and tumble one by one out of the pirate's mouth to kind of do a weird, creepy, scary dance around the evil princess, who at first seems terrified, but by the time, like, the third guy is somersaulting, has kind of just thrown her hands up and is going, like, oi vey, another one. I have that the acrobats are moving around her a little bit like the flamingos dance around Sarah in the labyrinth, where they're just sort of, they're not actively menacing her technically but they're real weird moving and they're uncomfortable to watch and they're clearly not good folks so they were creepy i would not like to be menaced by these acrobats they were kind of crouching down and they had their arms up but bent and it had very flying monkeys kind of energy okay so i just realized what it looks like the first time in Encanto, when we sing the We Don't Talk About Bruno, and huh? Camillo turns into Bruno and you see him for the first time and he's doing the, like, monster hands. Yeah. yeah. We both made the exact <laughs> same hands gestures to each other, to your audience. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they make that hand gesture a lot. So With their hands, yeah, definitely. So they just dance around her with scary arms and they jump up and down a lot. And then an iron fence appears. Mm -hmm. And it just slowly rises up out of the ground mm -hmm. as the Black Leotard guys do like scary rise out of the ground hand motions above it. Yes. It was very upsetting. It was really nice. I thought that was really cool. And then it suddenly becomes two fences. Like the, the second one just sort of appears directly behind the first one and then slides out and becomes two. It was really cool. It was a cool effect. 
um, they just kind of fence off the background away from the foreground, right down the middle, like mm -hmm. horizontally. Mm -hmm. So the castle ruins and all of the guys in the black leotards are on the one side of the fence with the background. And in the foreground, we've got the evil princess in the well. Yes, the very, very conspicuous well. Yes. And then what happens, Liv? My note just says, oh, fire. Because now all four of these menacing acrobats have big fire torches that are burning very brightly, but they stop and they're, they're just brandishing them on the other side of the fence. They're dancing with them. They are. But the torches go out almost immediately and are just smoking dark smoke, which doesn't fill up the screen or do anything. And then the acrobats pick up the two fences and proceed to close them around the evil princess, backing her towards the very conspicuous well. And a hand reaches out of the well and grabs her by essentially the hair and pulls her into it. And she vanishes forever. Yeah. Those are the things that happened. Yep. And the acrobats remove the gates slowly and walk away because there is no need for it. The evil princess has taken a well-dimension gate into hell. And the fairy godmother walks in. Cinderella is following her. And the fairy godmother goes over to the well and points into the well, clearly saying, look, look what I've done. Cinderella leans over and leaps back with her hands to her mouth. Like, oh no. And she expresses concern. And the fairy godmother makes the, nah, it's fine, hand gesture. <laughs> okay, so what I have is the fairy godmother gestures at the well triumphantly. Mm -hmm. Cinderella looks in curiously and then is distraught, goes to fairy godmother and asks for something. And the fairy godmother makes an absolutely not hand motion. <laughs> yep. And then they clasp hands and they walk off screen together. And I guess we're done now because the movie's over? Yeah, that was the end. Yeah. So what do you think we just watched? Someone's psyche just spilled out onto film. I think this was cursed. I think this might be the actual ring video that you're not supposed to watch. Oh, no. Darn. So we're going to get a telegram telling us that we're going to die in half a fortnight. Okay. Well, then we won't be able to finish this season. So hopefully that won't happen. So more important question. Do you think this was a Cinderella? Because the lists that I get my Cinderella lists from all said that this counted. And I'm not sure it counts. I don't think it counts. No, I don't think so either. Because there's not an evil stepmother. I mean, there's an evil princess, but she's... She is the mother of the prince, presumably. Yes. If you're the son of a princess, are you a prince or are you something else? You normally get another title. You get made like a duke of something. Like you get a title, but you don't get the title of prince until your parent is crowned or dead. Okay. That's what I thought. They never call him the prince within the film. So I think that if the evil princess had been Cinderella's mother then I think this definitely qualifies as a Cinderella. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the fact that the evil princess, she is specifically vengeful towards Cinderella for daring to interact with the prince. Is that why? That's what the synopsis said. I didn't see that happen. I didn't see her interact with the prince until that, like, dinner party. And we didn't see the evil princess interact with the prince at all, ever. Yeah. I don't know how much I trust these synopses, I'll be perfectly honest. There's all sorts of people on the internet these days. Are we sure that's her son and not, like, her cousin or nope. her brother? Nope, not sure at all. Because if she's the princess, maybe he's the prince. Maybe he's her brother? Yeah. Maybe he's her fiancé. Maybe he's her fiancé. Maybe they're cousins and they're betrothed. Maybe they're married. <gasps> oh, that's messed up. I don't know. All right, so I guess that's enough speculation. I guess this officially qualifies as this one tricked me. Yeah. And it's not a Cinderella. Ah, it slipped through the cracks. That's okay. This is good. We haven't actually had a not a Cinderella yet this season. Oh, cool. And I'm happy about that. So I'm glad we have at least one. Makes my spreadsheet happy. So, Talon, what were your highs and lows for this movie? Okay. My high is 100% when the paper cutout monster appeared. I did not know that that was going to happen. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was majestic. 
I just, I could not have been more thrilled. Don't get me wrong, the dragon puppet and the weird clown and the pirate face, Mm -hmm. all of those were also good. Very good. No complaints. But, you know, the little bit of shock and awe had worn off by that point until the weird, like, alligator monster appeared. There had been no hint that things like that would happen. Yeah. So I was delighted. Yeah, I was definitely not expecting monsters to show up in this because none of the synopses explained that there were going to be monsters. At least with Tam Cam, we had a warning. Yeah, they told us. They're like, there's going to be a scorpion. There's going to be a werewolf. And I was like, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm prepped. I've, I've braced myself for this. <sighs> My low is when the hand came out of the well to pull her in because I genuinely don't understand what the intent was. It looked like it was not meant to be seen on screen and that she was supposed to fall down the well and she had missed it somehow and someone was helping her because the hand wasn't like gloved in any way and it wasn't decorated. It was just a human hand reaching out and pulling her in. It both stood out to me because it felt like wrong, like a mistake, like they missed something. And also because it is so viscerally disturbing. I have a terrible theory for you. Oh, God. Okay. So what the synopsis say is, and then the evil princess falls into the well. What if the evil princess went to fall into the well and a literal hand came out in our universe, not in the storybook universe, and literally pulled that actress into hell and it was just caught on camera. And that's why it looks so weird. Well, it's way past midnight. (laughs) Good night, everyone. I'm going to bed to lay and stare at the ceiling in the dark. What are your highs and lows? My high is right now. Right now when I spun that to you. That was great. <sighs> no, in all seriousness, my high was when the villager with the pitchfork jauntily butt kicks the mean servant off the screen. Yes. That was phenomenal. That was great. That made me happy, made my soul sing. I loved it. My low? My low was the placement of the beggar man's satchel. I just, <laughs> it was so unfortunate unfortunate, and it messed up that whole scene for me because every time I was trying to watch it and have an emotional feeling of, oh, she's being kind to a beggar man. Oh, she, look at her. Look at how generous she is. I was just completely taken out of it by, okay, is that, mm, how close is she? Mm, I mm, don't, I'm not sure. So I didn't like that. He should have had one of those hobo sticks on his back. With the little satchel pouchy thing that 100% is nowhere close to his crotch region. I mean, he could have just had a satchel over his shoulder. Yeah. And not between his legs. Outside of his cloak, where we could see it. It wasn't inside his legs. Anyways. You know what's nice? A basket. A nice firm basket that you can just hold in your hand that's just basket shaped and yeah. cannot be hung on anything. Yeah, I like that too. So what would you change about this movie? Okay. As fascinating as the ending is with the evil princess being punished, it was just too much evil princess for Cinderella. Yeah. And I think there should have been slightly less of her being evil and a little more of Cinderella and the prince like falling in love and living happily ever after. And I think her life and also the castle in ruins sequence should have been much shorter. Okay. I would literally trim. How about you? What would you change? I would give it an ending. Oh, how bold. Uh, Right? I would like, I just want one more scene where the fairy godmother leads her away from the well and to the prince who gestures to a servant who puts a crown on her head and they raise their hands together. That's... Oh my God, Liv, there's no shoe in this. Well, we already... This is so not a Cinderella. I don't even know how to talk about this. It told me it was a Cinderella. Okay, the internet lied. The internet is like, this is a very Cinderella story. Look at how Cinderella this is. She's so Cinderella. Cinderella, Cinderella, Cinderella. It lied to me. I don't tell you. What do you think the shoe is in this movie then? Oh, a goat. A goat. She loses one of her goats and the prince has to bring a goat back. This is the little Bo Peep Cinderella. Yeah. Do you think our listeners should watch this? No, I don't know. It was okay, but it wasn't like anything great. You could watch any other George Melier film and basically get the same thing out of it. Like, yeah, I don't know that you need to seek this one out. Yeah, this one wasn't as much fun 
the two other silent Cinderellas that we've done, the the first George Melier one and the uh, the two slippers Cinderella one, mm-hmm. whatever that one was called, the Verlerina that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those were both real fun. Definitely give those a look. This one was a pass. Yeah. Not so much. So what is your final grade for this movie? I'm going to give this, I don't know what to give this. Like, it's not a Cinderella. I, I'm going to give it a C minus. Okay. Just because it was very, very charming. And so, like, I don't want to fail it, but also this wasn't Cinderella. Yeah, that's that's very fair. How about you? What grade are you giving it? I'm going to give this a D uh, again, because it lied to me. Right. And I thought it was a Cinderella. And as much fun as the weird crocodile dragon monster pirate head clown head sequence was, it was very jarring and it felt like it belonged in a different film altogether. So I didn't like it I, I think a good comeuppance for the princess is and now your palace is destroyed mm-hmm. we didn't actually need the but rest of that the prince gonna live oh well the other palace the other palace maybe just her bedroom was destroyed maybe she's just like her tower fell off yes like there's now just a whole functioning palace with one like weird crater room in it <laughs> i don't know so funny so yeah, I'm giving this one a D. It's not a Cinderella. It had some really fun stuff in it, but I didn't like Cinderella's dress. I didn't like a lot of the special effects. Really don't like being menaced by acrobats, even visually. So I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Hands coming out of wells is not a great thing, just in general. So I'm going to give this a D, but I'm not mad at it. That's fair. It just misunderstood the assignment. Well, it's almost midnight. So thanks for joining us. If you like this episode, please leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you, so follow us at TinderPod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at thecinderellapodcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbidi-bobbidi bonus episodes, or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella, but with more adult questions, language, and beverages, join us in the Ever After Party at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod. You can find him at incompetech.com. So Liv, what are we watching next week? Next week, we are going to watch The Glass Slipper from 1955. this has been requested by several people it is evidently a beloved classic i've never heard of it i've never watched it i've never seen anything about it i came across it while i was coming up with lists but it stars leslie carone who is a famous ballerina and i've never seen her in anything except for an american in paris and i don't remember that movie at all so i have no thoughts about this movie i'm excited to see what it gives us i really like the poster i feel like the poster is really cute i'm excited it is a cute poster Well, until then, we hope you have a happily ever after.